Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where you learn how to create, launch, and promote your own online courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and today I'm here with Jeremy Deegan, my co-host, as always. And we have a incredible, an incredible guest, Meike Sang, who is going to be teaching us about launches. And we've promised to you listeners that we want to get experts here who cover the range of all the skills you need as a course creator, and Meike has successfully helped people do 30,000 plus launches uh, during live launches. And she did 13 live launches in a single year and has helped a lot of other course creators launch their their courses and programs. And so I'm really excited about this interview. I think I'm going to learn a lot. So welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to dig into launching. Um, yeah, there's just so much to unpack here, but I am going to deliver on my promise to you guys <laughs> and to your audience, of course. Yeah, I'm super excited. And so just f- so you know, like our background is mostly teaching courses on places like like Udemy or Skillshare, where we're putting out a ton of content, but not really charging that much for it. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of our listeners that come from that background. There's also a good portion of our listeners who only sell their courses on their own site or want to sell their courses on their own site and mm-hmm. are probably more geared towards a live launch, how how you do it. I think we'll mm-hmm. be able to learn some strategies that we can apply from what you're going to teach us to our launches on places like Udemy as well. But personally, I would love to be able to do a, la- a live launch uh, and make $30,000 or more <laughs> for, with my, my courses. So um, how about you just tell us a little bit more about your background, uh, where you're from, how you mm-hmm. got into this, and a little bit more about your current business helping, helping clients do this, launch, launching products and courses. Yeah, I'd love to. So, um, so from my name, you can probably tell I'm not English, although hopefully I can speak English really well because I am British born Chinese. (laughs) Um, I grew up in North Devon here in England, but now I live in London. And so just, I'm not quite sure how much I should (laughs) uh, detail my journey, but, um, I never actually intended to be in the spot, but I do love where I am right now, but it's just been a journey of twists and turns. So, I was never the type of kid to be able to uh, to answer the question uh, to adults when they'd ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? And all of my friends would say like, oh, I want to be a supermodel or I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> and I didn't even have dreams like that. I just completely had no clue. And when I was a teenager, I um, a lot of my friends would tell me the same thing. They'd say, make it, you're a really good listener. And I thought, I wonder if there's a profession doing this. <laughs> and lo and behold, uh, there, there definitely is. And so I wound up studying psychology at university to um, get a degree in order to become a counselor. But that was kind of short-lived <laughs> and is not the subject itself. I, I believe, I, I really believe it was the way that in which it was taught to me because um, we learned from a very uh, scientific sort of methodology. Um, so there was less theory and it's more science and therefore um, humans were seen more as test subjects than human beings. And I just didn't love that. So um, so I was quite devastated, to be honest, because, you know, I dedicated all of my studies and all of my time, you know, focusing on this career. And then suddenly I just felt completely misaligned with it. And in my second year of university, I um, wound up being in an abusive relationship. And long story short, that was my rock bottom of my life. And I realized that being a people people pleaser my entire life wasn't serving me and it wasn't helping anyone either. And so through the magic of Facebook ads, <laughs> I kid you not, because when I started to take care of myself from the inside out with my nutrition and my self-care, um, Facebook ads found me for the health coaching. And I was like, what is this? And then when I figured out what coaching was, it was just everything that I wanted it to be. And that's, I, I, I wanted, this is what I wanted from counseling. But it's just a completely different, well, it's not completely different, but um, you know, it was just an alternative way to do the same thing that I wanted to do, which is just to help people and to use my listening skills um, to be able to do so. And then when I graduated from university and I got my coaching certification, 
I was a classic coach that was good at coaching, but not great at sales and marketing. <laughs> and so uh, when we dig in later to my, one of my first launch failures, yeah, this is going to show. <laughs> um, but what I did is I wound up following, you know, a couple of mentors and um, people who I really looked up to in the space. And I went all in for a challenge that one of them was running for their business. And it was seven days of overcoming your fear. And um, so yeah, I went all in. So just a quick sneak peek into that. Uh, one of the days it was about self-acceptance. So I did a Facebook live stream, taking off my makeup <laughs> nice. and just talking about self-love and self-acceptance. So that was the first one. It was really big. I quit my day job as well during that week. And my favorite one was getting a bunch of guys in corporate suits to dance to the Gangnam Style with me. <laughs> and it was fantastic. And um, yeah, so I went all in for this challenge. And then lo and behold, I won the prize, which is one year mentorship with one of the founders. And so I really loved this work. And actually, this is where it transitions into um, how I got here now. So the first four months, we, but we focused on my business, um, the coaching, you know, and then lo and behold, four months in, that mentorship turned into an internship where I wound up being hired and I it was completely in alignment with me at that moment in time. And I just went all in uh, just to really serve his community because I learned to love his community. I loved his mission. So that's how I wound up under the wing of a fast growing um, a startup. And this is where my 13 launches in one year came through. <laughs> so very quickly, I picked up a, I picked up so many skills. I called myself a chameleon because I was never one thing. Mm. And for the longest time, I beat myself up about it, about being a, what's it? A jack of all trades, a master of none. But mm. did you guys know that is not the complete phrase? Mm. Well, the at the full phrase is Jack of all trades, master of none, but often better than a master of one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> when, when I, I only recently found that out. That's amazing. But anyhow, so, you know, I was a Jack of all trades or a Jill of all trades, if you will. And, um, you know, I learned sales. I learned how to MC on webinars. I, I managed to actually use my coaching skills, um, you know, to run his group programs as one of his like um, guest mentors. And so I picked up so many skills and lo and behold, one of them was copywriting. And it happened completely organically. So it was not intentional. He just gave me an email to run, um, to write. And because I knew his community and I knew his voice from the inside out, um, um, I managed to write it and it converted really well. And then he was like, hmm, <laughs> try this one. And then it just kept converting and converting. And around the one year workiversary of us working together, he just, he just said to me, make I really see you as an entrepreneur, not an entrepreneur. And I really feel that if you gave it your all and in copywriting, you'll be a very successful entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Nice. And I thought, wow. <laughs> and, you know, and it really resonated with me at that point because suddenly I felt like I lost my way because I came to him wanting to, you know, create my own coaching business. But then I wound up being caught in um, his business and it was a phenomenal experience that's really given me incredible insight and just being in the trenches for so many launches. Um, but, you know, that was the AOK -okay I needed to actually venture out on my own again. And that's how I wound up in this space. And because of that, in the trench experience, I didn't learn it from theory. I learned from doing. Um, I felt that that really gave me a um, you know a strong start when I when I ventured out on my own. And the funny thing is, he actually was like, "But hang on, can I still hire you on retainer? Because I still kind of need you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. Don't go. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, we still managed to work together on his launches, and it's, and it's all good now. Um, but that's how I got my start in the space. So a long winding road, um, but definitely doing the stuff first and then refining it later. So if you go to my website, you'll see a 10X launch badge because I have formalized my education in launches. So it's not just from being in the trenches, but I've actually, um, now I know the formulas that work instead of kind of guessing, which is what I did at first. <laughs> um, I kind of guessed and like learned the formulas on my own, but I managed to marry that with um, some formal courses. And now it's just 
bridged into my own experience, which I can now share with your audience today. That's that's amazing. And I think it seems like you're in a the perfect place right now, at least for this point in your life. And so thank you for sharing your, your story. And uh, yeah, I think I'm one of those people that tries launches and we're just playing around with it. <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing a little bit because sometimes some things works. And so I do that, but I don't really... Personally, I, I honestly don't know exactly what the right thing to do is. Um, mm. and, and I do think some things change. It's different on different platforms. But mm -hmm. I love that idea. If there's a formula that anyone can kind of follow to give them the best chance of success, that's that's great. So where where are you exactly today? You, and we'll include a link to your website uh, in the show notes. That's going to be at onlinecoursemasters.com slash 97. Um, for people to check out. But what what are you doing right now? How long have you been kind of on your own with your own business? Mm, so I left the company last June in 2018. So mm -hmm. it's been just over a year. And um, but I've been in the business game for about four years, including uh, the coaching um, all of the coaching experience and the clients I had there and the public speaking courses that I've um, that I've taken and everything else in between. Um, but officially on this business for copywriting and launching and um, launch strategy um, has definitely been since last June. And nice. yeah, the year before, I guess it didn't formally count as being on my own because I just worked for um, this one person. Um, but the experience that I had with him um, has definitely set me on the right track. Great. Yes. Well, I think we should just dive into this. Uh, <laughs> if you were to, if we were to come to you and ask you, let's do a launch. I mean, where do we even begin? What's the first thing mm. that you need to know, or or I need to know to to start off on the right foot? Mm, good question. Uh, the first thing. So this is my signature framework that I take my clients through. It is called the Black Belt Ethos Framework. And yes, I, like I do my I do martial arts, so I can pull that off. <laughs> Although I'm not quite black belt yet, but that's not the point. <laughs> I will be in two years. Nice. Um, um, but anyhow, what the uh, what the framework is about? I want you to imagine three circles. So kind of like a Venn diagram. So they overlap each other. There's two circles at the top, and there's one at the bottom. And the first circle is called H to H touch. Now, the reason why so many launches flop and they just don't go successfully is because a lot of people lead with their heart first. And don't get me wrong, I work with purpose-driven entrepreneurs who wear their heart on their sleeve, right? Um, but the thing is, a lot of people go into this space of creating a course when they have a build it and they will come mentality. Mm -hmm. And that is that just opens you up to a lot of heartbreak. And the reason why is because it's not about what we want to create first. That, is, that comes secondary because our primary focus should be on who we are serving with our course. So I, because I do work um, with people who are launching online courses or group programs, and so many of them start off with this energy of, like, oh my God, you know, I've got something amazing to create. And trust me, I get it. And I want that to last. I want, I want them to go in with their whole heart. But the problem is, is if they only go with that and then it winds up being focused on them and not who they're serving. But there is a balance between this. So what H2H Touch is my validation process. So this is when, so say if we were to work together, guys, um, I would actually ask you, who are your top community? Um, community fans who are your top students from previous um from previous courses like if you're relaunching for example i would want to speak to at least five of your top students and i actually interviewed them to see where they were before where they are now and what like how was your course the the vehicle to help them get to a from a to b right so it's validating your idea to see how it actually helps people but if you don't have customers who've already gone through. So if it's your first time launching something, then just reaching out to people who are really interested in the work that you are creating. So we'd send out surveys. I but the number one thing that that has the most golden nuggets is actually get on getting on video calls like this. So if you can mm -hmm. go on Skype or Zoom and actually really digging deep into where they are and what they need in order to help them realize their desires and help them to overcome their fears. Because the thing is in traditional launches um, in the past, like we are 
um, evolving now. But in the past, a lot of marketing tactics are very much like, oh, you know, your life will suck if you don't buy my, if you don't buy my course sort of thing. And that really operates from a place of scarcity. But we really need to approach this from a place of abundance and empowerment. So actually, our job is not to um, make them buy our course. Instead, is providing that space for them to grow throughout that communication during your launch to help them make a decision in, um, in that moment in time that's best for them. And sometimes, unfortunately, it's not a yes to the course. But the point is that you actually help them on their way because there are going to be some people who will come back to you and they will appreciate the fact that you didn't push them. You only help them to make a decision for themselves. So it's very much coaching them through this process. So that is phase number one, H to H touch. You have to understand who you are serving. And then stage two is called brand DNA. So the first stage of H2H Touch is what we call voice of customer data in copywriting. So we need to understand like actually what are people saying? So I'd record those calls and I'd literally transcribe them as well, or I'd send it off to um, a service to have it transcribed for me if I got too lazy. <laughs> um, but I want to know what exactly they're saying. But the problem is a lot of people wind up just using that. And the thing is, it doesn't sound like them anymore. And that is what brand DNA is all about, is really honing in on you, your unique story, your ethos for your business, your values, and your unique tone of voice. And that all needs to come into play. So you're taking what you already learned from your customers, and you are now infusing that with your own brand DNA. Mm -hmm. And so that that those two are just as equally important as each other. And only then... When you have both of those elements in place, can we actually start refining your offer and creating it? So, um, well, actually, not about creating it, but creating the sales messaging. Because what a lot of people don't know about copywriters is that we have to do like 80% of our work is research. Yeah, we, I believe we it. don't really write. We don't actually write straight away. And it's because we need to understand you. We need to understand your customer. We really need to understand your offer as well. And we can own, we only know that through those two phases right there. And then the final phase is signature creation. When we do, when we do, we bring everything together to make sure that your offer is in alignment with what they want and what you want to create. So it's a three-way system, mm -hmm. um, but that is in a nutshell, my, um, my, my process. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. It, the, what do you, what was it called? The black belt? What was ethos. It? Ethos. The black belt ethos. Yeah. yeah it sounds great. So, I know I want to dive deeper into all of these things, but with the first one, with the H to H um, marketing touch. or touch, um, you mentioned like, yeah, like if you're working with someone who's already taught people or has a course and interviewing their previous students, what if someone's starting out from scratch? What, mm -hmm. what do we do if we have an idea, but we don't have a website. We don't have a YouTube channel where we could reach out to an audience. We don't have a Facebook group or anything. Like what's, mm. what's the, what do people do then to kind of mm. do that properly? Yeah. Everybody starts from somewhere. So don't worry, I've got you guys. Um, <laughs> and for those who are listening, who are in that space right now. So if you don't have a following already, first of all, um, just to backtrack just a moment, launching without an audience or an email list is a little bit, is no, not even a little bit, is very risky because even if you were to funnel a lot of traffic to um, your webinar, for example, through Facebook ads, it takes a while to nurture those people, but we can get into that later. But just for practicality, <laughs> um, for those who don't quite have that following yet, there are some things that you can do. So for example, um, give, give me an example of, um, someone who would be in this space. Jeremy, like, you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so, okay, let's, let's just imagine for a minute that, um, and I think back to when I started, like, you know, someone is, uh, they're maybe working a job, you know, they're working a, a regular job and they've heard mm -hmm. about online business and they've heard about online courses and they think to themselves, okay, there's something that I really love to do. And I would like to teach someone how to do this and maybe start a business or make some money on the side doing that. So let's just, let's just do something like, um, like a vocal training. I've, I know people who teach people how to sing better or how to do, you know, vocal training if they want to be a singer. So let's say mm -hmm. they're like, I'm a singer. 
I really love singing and I love helping others and teaching them how to sing. And I'm working this job. I want to get out of this job and create my own independence and freedom, uh, which all three of us and everyone else listening has come to that decision. Um, and I want to create a course, but you know, I don't have a list. I don't have a, a you know, email list or a YouTube channel. And, um, I, I want to start thinking about these things to prep myself um, so that when I create a course, I can have a successful launch, something ar- ar- around those realms. Mm, okay. So where I would start if I was in this person's shoes is to see where where do people already go for help in this area? And because you don't have your own audience yet, you actually go there. <laughs> so for example, if there were Facebook communities that actually spoke about this, or if there are local communities, even um, like local clubs or um, I don't know, local groups that actually focus on this, you can get so much insight just by being in that space. Of course, if you can, then ask people, you know, what are they struggling with and um, what which areas would they need help with the most and what can they not DIY? Um, you know, if they were just look up on Google um, or mm-hmm. YouTube, <laughs> for example. So actually physically going and immersing yourself in the space of where your ideal customers are already at will give you a lot of insight. Now, um, for example, um, I gave this example the other day um, for a nutritionist. Um, who wants to launch a course. What I would do if I was in a nutritionist shoes is I would go to Amazon so uh, and look for the top books in nutrition and you look at the reviews. But look at the three-star reviews, mm-hmm. not the five-star or not the one-star because you don't want the five-stars who are like gushing about like, oh yeah, this is actually amazing <laughs> because you're, tr- you're trying to fill a gap, right? And the three-star reviews have constructive feedback. And they will give you like they will give you what's going on in their head. And they are saying it for the world to see on the Amazon reviews. So you take a look at that. And you also um, because Amazon actually has this feature now for a lot of the books. So where you can look inside for the first mm-hmm. cover. And you gotta you gotta realize that people who are writing books, they have editors, they have editors who are combing through their content just to make sure everything's on point and just to make sure that it's well targeted and everything's succinct. And that is a gold mine for us. If even just looking at the title and the subtitle of a book, of a top selling nutrition book, you'd be able to tell like like what is the problem that they're addressing right now. And just looking at, you know, the introduction and even just the breakdown of the chapters will give you an idea of what you can map out in your own course content. So just having a, you know, just at least five of those. You don't want to skew too much onto one particular area. You want to have it, um, you know, you want to cast the net wide enough so that you're able to get a consensus, <laughs> um, like to see which gaps you can fill. And so that is what I would do if I was just starting out. If I had no following, I'd want to know what are the problems that people are experiencing right now? Where are they hanging out? What are they saying? And that those are just some ninja tricks that you can use. Um, if you didn't want to be, uh, you know, if you didn't want to be uh, found doing this, <laughs> then I then I go to the Amazon reviews. But if if I wanted to get out there, then you can provide value in those communities, and so you can start showing your stuff, and people start realizing you're an authority in a particular area. And if that community actually has Q and A posts, I'm thinking of Facebook groups right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have Q and A posts, look at the questions that they're asking, and it doesn't have to be what's happening right now. There's a search box. So if there's something you want to be known for, type in the search box, see what questions come up or see what conversations are happening. All of that is gold for you in, um, you know, wrapping it up into your own messaging for when you launch your own course. Okay. So, um, so just to clarify, uh, the H to H marketing, because you, you have it written here for anyone listening, uh, refers to human to human marketing, mm. correct? Yes. Um, and that's getting away, like you said, uh, in our notes here, getting away from just thinking of it as like a business to a person mm-hmm. or business to consumer. So mm-hmm. we're, we're uh, us on our own, or if we were to have someone like you helping us, we're going to these groups, we're talking to these people, we're finding these pain points. What mm-hmm. specifically are we looking for or what are we trying to do in this sense? Is this information that we're going to use in the sales messaging later on? Mm-hmm. Or um, what, what are you particularly looking for when you're going through this, this first uh, phase of this process? Mm, good question. What I am looking for is to see what is already working okay. and what is not working and the key areas that they 
feel like they can't figure out on their own. Because a lot of people will actually be very open and honest in these communities, which is why we need to approach this you know, very respectfully, like not just being a fly on the wall just to see what's going on there, but actually seeing like, how can I really help this person who's struggling in this specific space? But you do want to see where is the gap in the current market? Because if they are saying that something's not working, it's because it hasn't been addressed yet or not in a way that's actually resonated with them to actually take action for themselves. But yeah, you're right that it does go into the sales messaging. Um, so all of this is raw data. You're not going to use the exact um, words um, in like you can you can put snippets here and there, but you don't yeah. want to, it to be like a Frankenstein <laughs> uh, monster of just like a mishmash of what other people are saying because you want it to be consistent with your voice as well as what they need. Um, but that is but the raw data is for the sales messaging. Yeah. So when when we get to the launch later on, we've mm-hmm. we've gotten this information and say the nutritionist, I found these pain points of these people and I've created my product. And then when we get to the launch, we now have this information to go back on and make sure we're hitting on those points mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. helping to sell that information to them. Correct. Yes. Yes. Correct. Do you, okay. Oh, sorry, Jeremy. Do you, okay. Oh, I was just going to ask. So I feel like we could do a whole episode just about this first <laughs> phase um, and I want to move forward, but what do you have a preferred platform for people to start to grow that audience? Are you talking about, putting together a website and then growing an email list or do you prefer, you know, Instagram right now or, or, or whatnot, because you mentioned that. And of course it'd be better if someone launches a course with an email list and with an audience, Mm -hmm. but for people just starting out today, where what's the easiest, most impactful way to do that? This episode and all of our episodes are sponsored by the online course masters Academy the one and only place you need to become an online course master yourself. With over two dozen courses that tackle every aspect of running a successful online course business, a private community of students like you, and bonuses like live office hours and webinar trainings, we've built the Online Course Masters Academy for anyone creating their very first online course and for anyone more advanced looking to increase their business and brand. Visit onlinecoursemasters.com slash academy to join today. Mm. See, the beauty in just starting out is that you can afford to get scrappy. And by that, I mean, actually getting on calls with people and just like sending voice messages to people because you won't always have that bandwidth when you have grown to a certain space where you can't just reach out to everyone individually. But for first time launches is actually the beauty that we we actually have time <laughs> or rather like we have, yeah, yeah, no, we do have more time. And because because we don't have that authority yet, we can't expect for people to come to us. So it's okay for us to go to them and actually reach out to them personally. So if it's through a private message on Facebook or on Instagram, like DMs are a big thing right now on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like we can afford to do that because people miss that h2h connection they they do miss that they don't want to just feel like they're another person in your you know on your list today they want to feel like you reached out specifically to them and we have that bandwidth when we are just starting out so that's actually a blessing in disguise got it cool Um, yeah okay so so we've gone out we're we're talking to people we're figuring out these pain points we're building these relationships and connections through later on, we'll hopefully be able to do this launch and then have a following who's basically going to help back us up. The second part of this that you mentioned was the brand DNA. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that specifically? So this is this is more about finding like your style and your voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and maybe any are, are there any practical exercises? Mm-hmm. Or I love the idea of going on Amazon for the first one. Anything specific things that like our listeners could do today to help figure that yeah. out for themselves. Hundred percent. So I think I might have to link up some softwares or something. This is my secret source, guys. So given <laughs> um, all the secrets, but, I love it. <laughs> so I'm gonna give you a breakdown of the main components in what I put in a brand DNA guide. So actually for my clients when we work on a launch, I actually I co-create this guide with them. So I I I ask them to answer certain questionnaires. And then we always combine it with a deep dive call so that we can actually map out all this stuff together. But I actually put it up in a like a neat little bow <laughs> um, <laughs> into a PDF because the thing is brand DNA is something that it is going to live on. 
in your business. It's not a one-time thing. It's not just because of your launch. There are going to be some, there's going to be some things in there that are going to be, you know, in relation to the launch you're doing, but you know, the messaging, your story, your ethos, that actually is, that's something that you want to be able to keep because you want to be able to stay in alignment with actually why you've created your business in the first place. So the reason why I do this is because sometimes in a launch, a copywriter can't always do all of the stages. I mean, I can do the sales page, I can do the, the sales emails, but my area that I'm le still learning about would be, you know, the copy in a Facebook ad. Like I've done them, but I know I can improve it. But the thing is there can be multiple people um, who are involved in the messaging. And that can be a big problem because if there is any point in your sales funnel where it feels like is a bait and switch because somebody just didn't capture your voice right, people will feel that. And then the no like and trust factor that we've tried so hard to build up to this point, it can be affected by this. Mm -hmm. And so that's why this whole brand DNA thing is super important. It's for consistency in messaging. And also when you when you bring on a team outside of a launch, it's good for them to know too, um, kind of the things that you value and things. Um, but I've got some notes, so I'm reading from a book. So I know that people who are listening can't see me um, <laughs> look to the corner of the screen right now, but I know you guys can. <laughs> um, but yeah, so brand DNA is comprised of your tone of voice. So what I mean by this is if I were to take your copy uh, from your homepage and pop, pop it through a software that I personally use, it's a tone analyzer. And it will tell me if your tone of voice, if it elicits certain emotions it, and um, certain feelings. So if you guys want to come across as technical, or confident, or happy, or sadness, or tentative. There are some core emotions that can actually, um, it will tell me um, what your copy is actually currently eliciting. And then I'd ask, is, are these, is this how you want to come across? And then if it's like, well, no, then, then we'd need to work on like, why is it currently coming out um, like that? Because that means how you previously wrote your copy, it just wasn't in tandem with you. So um, that's that's the first part of a brand DNA guide is where I break down the tone of voice. And so I run them through several softwares, not just not just the emotions, but there's like whether you sound more feminine or, or masculine. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's one of them as well. Um, it's just off the top of my head. Um, but that is one of the core components for sure. And uh, the second part is your ethos. So this is all about your credibility and character. And this comes from the three pillars of persuasion from ancient Greece. So the logos, pathos, and ethos. And just for those who aren't quite sure what this is, in a nutshell, logos is your logic. So it's how you organize facts and figures. And because when because there are going to be some people in your audience who are, want, are going to want to know the facts and figures. Um, and there are some people who care more about the emotional connection and that's what pathos is for but ethos is the pillar that most people miss out because this is what happens guys um there's a lot of competition in the space because there are some people who are simply just regurgitating information right. but so they've got the logos and they've got the pathos but they don't have the ethos and that is often a reason why a lot of launches fail because they don't have that credibility to be able to deliver on this promise because they don't have that background they don't have the skill they don't have the experience even though they've got the logic and the emotional um, intuition in place so um that's why we need to focus on what is your unique angle what like how did you come to the space how, why are you able to teach this so um i focus on their story so ethos and story kind of goes together mm -hmm. and then one of my favorites is Values. So we need to know what your brand values are because um, how you operate your business, it must be in alignment with your values. Otherwise, again, the no like and trust factor is going to deteriorate if you if you follow through, if sorry, if you don't follow through and if you kind of go back on yourself, people will know that. And um, yeah, so a practical exercise for values. This is something that I actually learned in coaching. So this is when coaching really comes in handy. <laughs> um, think of the things that make you angry and the things that make you feel guilty. And the reason why it's those two emotions is because the things that make you angry are things when people are violating your values. Mm. And guilt is when you are the one violating your own values. <laughs> I love that. That is so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so if you, like, if you can't pinpoint straight off the bat what you value, just go back to those because they'll tell you a lot. Like yeah. my values are freedom and honesty, respect. And those are my three core values that have to you know, be 
it has to penetrate through all of my messaging, mm-hmm. <laughs> regardless of inside or outside of a launch. So that is a really practical exercise just to sit down with yourself and think, hmm, what makes me angry and why? And give specific examples. And actually, you have to go into the guilt area as well, because you want it to be, um, you know, three-dimensional with your awareness around uh, what your values are. So it can't just be um, what other people do, but it's also what you also do. Because there is a responsibility that we need to take. So um, that is, uh, yeah, a- another factor, one of my favorites. And yeah, and then the rest of it is your past experiences, um, you know, listing out your past credibility, um, any achievements, any awards that you've got that you've gotten in order to you know elevate your ethos nice. so um those are the core factors there, there are more but that is all i have on my cheat sheet right now <laughs> but okay. hopefully that gives you um a snippet into what it can be like and then and then that that is going to be permeated throughout your messaging as you mm-hmm. begin building out this so we had um the h to h uh relationships and mm-hmm. then we had the brand dna of the venn diagram what was the third one that you mentioned this one is signature creation signature creation Mm-hmm. Okay, would and, you like to talk about that? Yeah, well, actually, do you know what? This one is the most, it's a shorter step, believe it or not, because <laughs> all of the heavy lifting is actually in the H2H touch and the um, and the brand DNA. Think of those as the horses and the signature creation is the cart. So you've got mm-hmm. the horses like running with the cart now. Yeah. And oh, actually, that's quite poetic because we say cart <laughs> open and cart close, don't we? <laughs> <For launches. laughs> yeah, so what all signature creation is it's taking your original idea because not a lot of people think of serving first a lot of people just run with the passion they have for something new they want to create right Mm -hmm. so you take that original passion that raw passion that you first had and then you marry it with your h2h touch from everything you've suddenly learned about your ideal customers as well as your brand dna so suddenly how you can add something unique to the mix because because the fact that you've um, done your research, that is strategic. You've created something strategically for the market. And the fact that your um, H2H touch and brand DNA have um, overlapped each other, that creates resonance with you. So you must resonate with your audience regardless, because um, if you don't, then again, the mismatch, the um, lack of no like and trust factor. Um, And then the combination of your signature creation with your brand DNA, that is what's going to create the conversion. Because this is the beautiful thing that even even though there are so many people that we can deem as competitors, the thing is our voice, when we know what it is and when we fully own it, our voice is going to land for someone. And have you guys ever been in a situation where you've said one thing and it just went in one ear, out the other to someone who you're trying to help. And then you find out later on, they're like, oh, actually, my problem has been resolved because someone told me to do this. And you're like, hey, I said that exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> have my you wife been tells in me that every yeah, day. My wife tells me that all the time. <laughs> yes, that, ha- that literally happened to my sister the other day. <laughs> and But why though? Because I feel like you resonate with certain people or Mm -hmm. sometimes you just got to hear it for maybe you got to hear it twice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely the repetition of a certain message, but it's not always the content, it's the context. And in our case, it's the context of our voices. And that's why understanding our own voice and our brand DNA um, in the step before is so important. Because when we own that, you know, there's no place for us to hide, but we are completely open and transparent with who we are and people are going to feel that. And so actually, you know, just combining it all, that is what's going to create the conversion because you've made a strategic product. That person, you know, the, the, sorry, the people that you're trying to help, they resonate with you. And the fact that you are going to, you know, you've created a, a signature product with your own unique brand DNA on it. That's what's going to create the conversion. Very nice. So this has been amazing so far. And I, I <laughs> want to be so respectful of your time because I know it's late over there. But I do want to... Okay, <laughs> I, good, great. Because what I want to know is like, I think what you're teaching and what you're going to say is everything in these three phases is what's most important and what's going to make your launch successful. I think my gut or what I think people are going to be asking themselves at this point in the podcast is like, well, what does a launch actually look like? And Mm. so I guess, can we dive a little bit into that? Like say we do all these things the best to our ability and we, we, we know exactly who we are, who we're helping. We have a, an amazing product 
from there, what, what happens? What does an actual launch mm. look like? Well, that's, that's a good question. And actually, I wrapped it up in a neat little bow for you guys as a gift, if you'd be willing uh, yeah, to allow me to share with <laughs> your audience. Yeah. Um, this is actually um, detailed in my successful launch walkthrough guide. So this is my five core phases of the profitable and purpose-driven launch. So what I just um, laid out for you guys, the H2H touch, the brand DNA, and the signature creation, that's my unique framework of how I work with clients, but that's not necessarily the step-by-step -step process. So I'm just going to give you a overview version of what this is. So these five phases, this is what it's like. So everything that I said in H2H Touch, when you're reaching out to people, you're you know conducting surveys, you're speaking to people, you're stalking them ethically in communities, <laughs> that is what I call the pre-launch planning and validation phase. So this is completely the research phase. You must validate every single idea before you launch it. And you do that by actually understanding where people are currently struggling. And then phase two is the creating of the launch materials. Now, this is what can get a little bit overwhelming if you're not quite sure where you're starting. So again, for context, um, I know that there are a lot of, I know that the online course space is very broad. So I'm just gonna give you um, a heads up that this is with the context um, of having an online course that they're selling for between $500, thousand two thousand even possibly three thousand so that is possibly where it is uh, right mm -hmm. now so this is mm -hmm. the context so um i typically work with clients who are running webinars or they're doing email only or a five-day challenge perhaps and this is um and so phase two is creating all of those launch materials so for example what i said to you guys before um earlier in this episode is that launching isn't just um the time when you open your um, when you open the cart and you close the cart is actually um, all of the work is in the pre-launch, which is how you show up on a consistent basis. So um, one of those areas to actually start funneling people into your launch is creating a launch oriented lead magnet. So if you are doing an online course about, uh, actually you guys give me an idea. So that how about, I can kind of Cause I teach photography courses. So mm -hmm. Um, yeah, something toward, say I'm gearing towards complete beginners on how to use a professional camera, like, yeah, just basic f photography. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, something right. like that. All right, fantastic. So if you're, so if you were doing a foundational course on um, helping people to do that, then a launch oriented lead magnet could be a comparison chart of, um, you know, the most commonly used and the most affordable, um, you know, equipment that you can, that you can start with and that's side by side. And actually you can use affiliate links. So I'm just saying, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's an example of a launch oriented lead magnet because then stop, people are, they're gravitating towards a certain area that you are going to actually launch a, a product in. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that they have opted in for that lead magnet means that they're very likely going to be quite receptive to your offer. So they've basically said like, Hey, I'm interested in this area. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. And so that is the launch oriented lead magnet. And then there's a landing page for that as well. So it's not like you don't individually send emails attaching this PDF. No, <laughs> we're building our email list here. So, um, so you need a landing page to host uh, this lead magnet information. They pop in the email and then um, your backend staff is going to send it to them automatically. Mm -hmm. So those are two areas. A sales page for um, you know, sending people to when your launch is actually ready. A checkout page. You need launch emails to actually send people to your sales page. Um, how about the branded graphics on social media or through your, um, you know, in in your email marketing? You know, all of it needs to be branded as well, just to make sure that again there's consistency in your messaging. Um, and optional, uh, you can have Facebook ads and a welcome email series for when people actually opt in. There's so many things. Um, there's so many moving pieces, but these are. Um, but you really need to get those done earlier rather than later. I had a client who hired me a week before her launch. Normally, that's a hard no. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, it's a no. <laughs> that was just for, that, that was for a sales page, though. But as as you guys will know from what I mentioned uh, today about my process, we didn't have time to fully go into H to H touch and brand DNA, which was a shame. But the the luckily the sales page still converted um like beyond industry standards. So 
That's good. Um, but normally it's a hard no because of the because of the amount of prep um, that is required for, to do it fully. Um, but you want to, so that, that's the reason why I put the stage much earlier because you want to have as much of this as possible mm-hmm. because the worst thing is if you, uh, when you're launching, but you think, oh crap, I don't have a sales page. Pardon my language. <laughs> like, like, oh, I didn't, I didn't have this in place. You don't want that because when the launch actually happens, when your car opens, you want to be present with the people who are interested in your offer. So that's phase two, creating your launch materials. So phase three is systemizing and scheduling. So you've got all your moving pieces now. Now you just need to put it in all of the systems. So you set up your email marketing. You would set up um, like where you're hosting your course, all of that kind of stuff. So you just want it all dialed in. And then phase four, which is when you actually go live with your launch. The most important thing is being present because if everything else is organized beforehand, you're good. Mm-hmm. And then phase five, which is a stage that a lot of people miss out, is supposed to launch wrap up. Now, this is with the assumption that there is a day when the cart closes. But if you have a digital course that's selling on Evergreen, maybe it could be a offer that is only available for 72 hours. But regardless, this is still a step that you should, um, you know, consider anyhow. So because the doors are closed, you know, it's time to actually really dig deep into how the whole launch went. How did your team members feel? How did you feel? How did your customers feel with their feedback? Because a lot of them, they, they'll be quite open to complaining if something <laughs> if something didn't work. And so you really want to dial in on the areas where there are rabbit holes that you did not expect. And then you, when you dial it down and you create it into a comprehensive list, you have a go-to cheat sheet of what to do next time when you relaunch this course. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those are my five phases in a slightly bigger nutshell, probably a Brazil nutshell. <laughs> That's yeah. the biggest nut that I know. Um, but I hope that makes sense. But it is all in uh, my guide. So if you're in, if your audience, are, if they are interested in learning that, um, you know, it will be available on my web- website. Cool. Yeah. And you'll have to share us, share the link with us and we'll add that to our show notes. Um, I've got two more questions and one might (laughs) be a little bit more lengthy, but, but yeah, so all that, all those five phases completely make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Can we dive a little bit deeper into one? Maybe it's just, cause I know there's all kinds of funnels, but can you kind of share one type of funnel that that you think would work something that's easier to set up um Mm -hmm. whether it's webinar to email to whatever Mm -hmm. it is and but really like give a little bit of more insight for like what what should go in those emails or what should go into that funnel Mm -hmm. oh that's I think that's a whole other episode. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I, might, I might have to come back. Who knows? Yeah, no, um, for sure. <laughs> all right. On our next nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> um, for those who are, so if this is their first launch mm-hmm. or they are creating a brand new product that they haven't launched before. So some form of beginners um, touch, um, you know, to their launch experience. What I would start out with is a minimum viable launch. So this is email only. So mm-hmm. in order for this funnel to work, you, of course, you do need to have an email list, but you would have created that if you have a launch oriented lead magnet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, as long as you follow those steps, you're good. But um, because it's an email only, so you don't need to worry about um, setting up a webinar, investing in any hosting software or anything like that, or because it's a challenge, I've done challenges before as well. They're really fun, but they, there's a lot of admin uh, for a person because I know that there are going to be people listening right now who may, it may just be themselves and potentially a VA. Maybe they don't have a full on team. And so um, doing this is going to um, help them. So a minimum viable launch funnel is just email only. And what I mentioned before that H2H Touch, what it's all about is empowering the prospect to make a decision not to buy. And so the what goes into the emails is a transitional journey for them. So regardless of whether they buy or not, they're actually a different, they're in a different headspace by the time they reach the end of your funnel. So uh, let me see if I can break this down because I'm going to need my notes for this, guys. <laughs> I should have, I should have, because I, um, I, I don't know exactly what's in each and every one of them. That's but okay. to give you an idea of the numbers, it's 14 emails that go out in 12 days. Mm-hmm. And this can be done 
And if you are really, 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 um, if you really dialed in your work hours, you could actually write all of these emails in a week and you can um, send them all out, um, you know, 14, sorry, 12 days leading up to um, the actual cart open. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But what what's really important is um, understanding, again, the fears, the desires, and the dreams that people have. And you'll learn that through all of the research that we did before. Yeah. Um, when, especially when you re, when you talk to people on a one-on-one basis, you really just, just need to be present. And um, uh, what I do on those calls, you look out for key phrases like, I'm embarrassed to say this, but, or I shouldn't tell you this, but... <laughs> If there is a person who says that, you stay quiet because <laughs> they're about to give you private access to an area of their life that they're not normally able to access because people don't listen enough these days. People just listen to respond. They don't listen for the sake of listening. And all of that is gold in your emails. You'll you'll splinter them through. Um, you'll splinter all of those golden nuggets throughout those emails, um, but just as long as you know that the whole goal behind it is problem, agitation, and solution. That is the core copywriting framework. So you you help people understand where what their problem is because some people may not be aware. So that's going to really depend on how you educate people to, towards the end of your funnel. But um, the problem, you just really need to outline what that is. And then towards the middle, you agitate that problem to see, and this is how you get people off the, the decision-making fence. You don't want them to stay there, regardless of whether they buy your course or not. You don't want them to stay in the same place. So that's why this journey um, in your funnel is go- is all about that transition. So you've got the problem, you've agitated it, and now you provide the solution. And then it's up to them if they want to become a buyer of yours or if they want to become a buyer in the future. And I know not all of us are going to relaunch the same thing, but the whole point of transitioning into this type of marketing, where it's empowerment marketing as opposed to scarcity marketing, that is going to impact them regardless. And you want people to stick around, not just because they bought your product, but you want lifelong fans for your business. Mm-hmm. Because in the future, when you've got more offers, if you make people feel heard, if you make people feel seen, then that is enough for them to want to stay. And that there can be people years down the line and be like, hey, I've been following your work for five years and now I'm ready to buy your highest coaching package or something, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that all happens because you have intentionally helped them regardless of whether they bought from you or not. And that's what the, it's not just the minimum viable uh, email funnel that does that. It's actually all the ones that I personally work on, but for an email it's, um, it's all through text. There's no webinar, there's no challenge, there's no quiz, no nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just the emails, but that is where people can start. And I will tell you where I learned that from. So for the people who want to DIY this on their own, I personally wouldn't recommend it. And it's not just because I'm a launch strategist and copywriter myself, but when you write your own launch material, you can be very close to it. And there are a lot of blind spots that you cannot see. So even if you do DIY this, um, at least have a second pair of eyes um, to audit your material just to make sure that the messaging is on point. But I personally learned that a funnel from copy hackers so if people are interested in that, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for you guys cool. um, to check out their suite of courses. Um, that that was 10x launches. Mm. Um, that's where that's a, that's a bonus material. <laughs> but yeah, I hope that helps. Um, yeah, I, I wish no, I could give was, more detail. <laughs> no, 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 that was great. I think that overview is is great. And to be honest, this has been one of my favorite episodes. So I'm really enjoying <laughs> it. And I, I know we could have you back. And I, I appreciate Yay! you yeah, being so <laughs> so open with things. You're not holding, holding back, I can tell. So <laughs> I have one more question. It's uh, kind of, I guess... Mm-hmm selfish of me, but I think it'll help people too who are in a very similar boat. So I teach courses on Udemy and I've had success Mm -hmm. selling my $10 courses on Udemy. I've made a lot of money doing that. Um, But I also, and through that, I've grown specifically with my photography audience. I have a Facebook group with 25,000 members. I've got an email list with 10,000 people, blah, 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 which is pretty impressive uh, for Mm -hmm. some people. But what's the, in terms of creating something that is, say I want to sell a thousand dollar course or something 
for me and for a lot of people listening, I think it's a big jump from mm. I sell my course on Udemy for $15 and mm. some people probably would sell the same and could sell the same thing for $1,000. But because I have it on Udemy for $15, I feel like I need to create something a thousand times better or or different mm. in some sense. So like, I guess my question is, what is the actual for me, if you could, you know, if you if you could help, like what would be the the course or the coaching or the thing that I would actually put together to try to sell for like a premium price? Mm, that's a good question. I think if you are trying to make that transition into a different price point bracket, um, especially if you're starting out in Udemy and, um, you know, right now you're selling a course of $15, I think you really need to figure out which audience you're attracting right now. Because if you have a huge list on, um, based on individuals who want to learn from you just for $15, then you may have to pivot your messaging a little bit. So you actually start attracting those who are willing to pay like a thousand dollars or $2,000, but you, you don't know that you, you might find that um, if you survey your audience or you get on calls with them, um, what, what is the next step for them? Like what, what would they be willing to pay for? Because mm -hmm. some people, some people do want to take that next step, but unless we provide the opportunity for them they will never know so i think at this point because you already have such a huge list um put the feelers out there to see if people are interested in um something that's a bit more intensive because i'd imagine that your online course um is completely evergreen right like you're not mm -hmm. really involved with it exactly but what if people want to learn directly from you or they want to have more support from you and that's naturally going to be a higher price bracket anyway because if you're going to um you know put in some of your personal time um you know they are they know that they're going to have to pay for that because you haven't pre-recorded your time because we can't do that <laughs> um you know well actually yes we can with the course but uh, <laughs> you, you know you know what i mean that you you can't substitute your time um yeah. it's not evergreen like your course is so actually if i was in your shoes i would put the feelers out there to see like what what are people struggling with still even though they've taken your course so what is the next step for them what is the next level of mastery they would like to reach and then ask them like how would they like to have the support in there how could you help them because they're not on your course for no reason mm -hmm. they're on they're they're on your course they're on your email list because they wanted to learn specifically from you and for you to uh, raise your prices and to not be seen as a uh, commodity or anything, because I'm sure that there are other photography courses out there, but people are drawn to you for a reason. It's because your brand DNA has hit them in some way, right? It resonates mm -hmm. with them. So, you know, take advantage of that and um, see and feel out and to see what are the next steps that they want to, that they want to take and how you can provide it for them. It needs to be in alignment with what you want to create as well. So don't, so don't do operate a mastermind if you don't want to run a mastermind you know what i mean i mean like just see um how you would like to grow and scale your business and um see what people are also looking for that's what i would do if i was in your shoes i mean it makes total sense i've never really <laughs> even thought oh yeah i should just put a survey on facebook to see what people want <laughs> yeah uh yes that's great i i will do that and i'll i'll follow up with you and, and yeah you please know do what happens. Love Cool. Jeremy, you got any last questions? I think we got to no, make I, a leave. <laughs> I, think, I think this episode has been awesome. Um, we're, we're happy to be reaching out to other people like yourself who are very specialized in uh, some aspect of business and getting you on here has been uh, a pleasure because um, you're really going to help a lot of people out who um, we help, you know, with the course creation and production side of things, but mm -hmm. getting someone on who knows marketing and copywriting is, is just awesome. And, and you've been great to listen to. I, I, I could sit here and listen to you for another couple of hours talk uh, about this stuff. Well, so you know, I do have I a podcast if you're interested. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, yeah where, where, can, where can we find out, um, work in the audience and we find out more about you and your podcast? Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so all of it is going to be under the umbrella of uh, my website. So at the time of this recording, my website actually is in a transition mode. But by the time this episode is going to air, um, is my brand new website is going to be up and running. So everything is going to be on there. So uh, my podcast is called The Quiet Rebels Podcast. So it's helping people to create the courage to own their voice, their message and their worth in both life and business. And that you know, that's what the mission is all about. Just really being able to help you to really own yourself and really to start standing 
up, not standing out necessarily, because I believe that you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to make an impact. You don't have to be loud in order to be heard. You could just need to speak. That's that's what matters. And that is what my podcast is all about. So it's mindset-based uh, sort of uh, episodes as well as guest interviews as well when we want to go more into the strategic side of things because that is my trade at the launch strategist and copywriter. But everything is on my website. So it's makeasign.com. I'll send you guys the link <laughs> uh, because I know my name is not the easiest to spell um, if you don't know me. <laughs> um, yeah, and the number one one social media platform I I am most present on is Instagram and it's also at Make A Sang. So it shouldn't it shouldn't be uh no no yeah it's all makeasang.com. <laughs> we'll, we'll link to everything in our show notes again at onlinecoursemasters.com slash ninety seven for people to easily get access to that and uh the the download or the PDF or whatever oh, yes, yes, cheat yes. sheet that you're um, gonna share. Yeah, that's also going to be on my website. So it's all in that okay. one link. So Perfect. that one umbrella link, everything's going to be there. <laughs> awesome. Make it. Thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate you coming on and we'll definitely chat soon. So thanks. yeah, definitely. Thanks Keep in touch. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, make sure you check out onlinecoursemasters.com for show notes, to enroll in our academy and to join a free community of fellow course creators who can help you out. Also, if you're brand new to teaching online, check out our free five-day course creation challenge. It's the perfect way to jumpstart your online course business. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate your support for the show. Now it's time to get to work. So go make some online courses and help us teach the world.